Welcome to WRTS Rerun This Station, an athlete-run podcast channel presented by Uninterrupted. This is Film Study, a TV and film podcast with a sports lens. I'm Spencer Pacinger, and I'm here with my good friend, Dane Mork. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> find us on social media. My handle is at Dane Mork, and Pacinger's is at Pacinger. Again, no vowels. And subscribe to Rerun This Station and rate us five stars. <laughs> I will say, I got a lot of shit last week when I said that you were my best friend. Yeah, but you, like... You, you, it took you a few times. You said best friend, and then you didn't really know how to, how to nail I'm, it down. I'm just saying, I have some people like, yo, you need to check him because okay. I'm your best friend. Okay, but all right, all right, <laughs> all right. You said homeboy first, and that was a little awkward. I said homeboy, you're right. That was, that was pretty fucked up. But uh, what do we got going on? I mean, we're also here with, I mean, the man of the hour right now. Yeah. I mean, kind of man of the hour. We can say forty five minutes. Maybe? You're the you're the man of like yeah. you're the man yeah. of our hour right here. Um, you know, NFL NFL tight end now pursuing an acting career. Uh, Joseph Fourier 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 huh? yeah yeah Fourier yeah. Fourier Joseph Fourier. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining the show with us. Thank it's you for having me, yeah. guys. It's good to be here. Appreciate you coming by, taking the time. Yeah, we won't keep you longer than forty five minutes, <laughs> okay, dude. Yeah. I know you're super busy. You brought your dog Rufio too. I see. Oh yeah, he's gonna pee. In yeah, yeah. We're in a closed room. Things are. <laughs> That'd be great. And schedule. we got producer Matt back from Mexico as well. Back from That's cool. the little dead. Too, back little from tannin. the snap. <laughs> Since you guys, first of all, little housekeeping we need to do. I won no. the Avengers draft. You look at it online. You can go check Which it out. Which is kind of fucked up. You can check it. No. At film, <laughs> no. You can check it out at Film Study Pod. Uh, on Twitter, and First I won that poll. Anyway, no, Mexico, you just told your friends to tweet it. Out. And Mexico was your great. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> thank you for asking. Uh, I had a an amazing time. I saw Avengers Endgame and in uh, Mexico. Not. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> I, I saw it. I've seen it twice. We'll talk about it later. No, he he, he he's seen it like one point one three times. He took it back to his we'll, computer. And you sold it. We'll talk about it on this pod. I plead the fifth right now. <laughs> Marvel's going to find And you. I am basically trying to save my relationship. Uh, but anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, no, that was that was all part of it. But yeah, you, take, uh, you guys take great portrait mode pictures on your Instagram. Thank you, yeah, thank you. Portrait mode appreciate it. On Matt's Instagram. That's thank endearing. You. Like, thank you, oh thank you. God. I just got into portrait mode in the past year. I'm really bad with phones, but it was so cool. so let's since Joe, Big Joe over here, yes, can hang, can talk, all the hot takes that we love to do at the top of this show. Mm-hmm. We figured we just have him on. He's got some takes. You guys have some takes. Mm-hmm. We're excited to get into these. So, a lot happened. Yes. So Game of Thrones episode four of season eight Ooh. just dropped. And I want to hear Joe's take, Joe's hot take. So take one. Take one. I got a few hot takes, actually, Matt. Uh, I'll tell you one right yes. now that Jamie is going to kill the hell out of some Cersei. Ah, uh, you think? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Come back around. And okay. Because like this, if you guys haven't noticed, <laughs> I noticed because I watched the YouTube videos that <laughs> Me George too, R.R. Martin r- writes his stories very secular, secularly? Cyclical. Cyclically. That's a good word. Yeah. Well done. And uh, so I think that him being from the beginning, uh, the Mad King Slayer, I think he will also get this new Mad King, who is his sister slash lover slash queen to be uh slayed and i also think Varys 
is up to some shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's getting his little birds together. I don't know the show, but I agree. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Varys is in it, and then I think uh, I don't. I don't think Jon Snow can die again. I don't want him to die again. Like, I, you can't die uh, twice in one show. He might be out the paint. He right. How he many times did Varys like die? He's dead. I feel like yeah. he's gonna die. He's yeah. like giving away everything. Gave away his fucking dog. He's like, I'm not coming back anymore. Like, it's yeah. it's like a liquidation cell. He knows he's going out. That 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 goodbye. I, so. to, I mean, I brought my dog because we have a really close little relationship. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't think they gave us enough of the the ghost John goodbye. I yeah. think it was weak. I know they're getting a lot in in this short amount of time. I get it, but God damn it, say bye, give him a hug, pet him or something. Uh, well, they just give him a little head nod to your homie that just lost an ear. Well, th- what was funny was uh, <laughs> the creators of Game of Thrones came out and said that since Ghost is mainly CGI. It would have been too expensive for them to have that moment together. But you can't say that when the episode before you have a full-on dragon fight yeah. with three dragons in a snowstorm that we could barely see. So you paid millions of dollars to watch something that we can't see but can't give a puppy his – well, not a puppy. He's right. a fucking full-grown wolf. But give us our closure with that. Exactly. I, I don't watch it as much as you. I watch it definitely more than Dane. Yep. But like, I know Ghost is a is a character of the show. Like, give him his proper send off, exactly. which they didn't do. I'm doing just fine with the Samuel L. Jackson rundowns. <laughs> doing just if, fine. If they can make a pets too, they can yes. make freaking John pet Ghost <laughs> yeah. goodbye. God I agree. Damn it. Also, did you? I, you got to bring it up. Did you guys catch the coffee cup in the episode? Oh, absolutely. Okay, you caught it. Right I watched it too late, the so they had already, uh, yeah, already okay. changed oh. the uh, changed the coffee cup in post. Okay. We'll fix it in, in post post. I missed it. I saw it on the the subreddits and the reddits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but yeah, I'm more a coffee bean guy. And that's why, like, saying like John's gonna die. I'm like, everyone's just phoning it in. Well, everyone's like, fuck it. Like, we're tired. It's like we're we're over the series. <laughs> it's hilarious because everybody like obviously they blew up on the coffee cup being there. But when you're on set and it's that late, that shit was probably shot at four o'clock in the morning, yeah. three o'clock in the morning. Literally. There are probably 15 more coffee cups hidden in plain sight in that scene. They all have cell phones on them. They're all checking them in between 100%. the scenes. So we know the that. fact that one kind of skirted through and got on screen, I'm not that mad at it. It was just more comical than anything. But cell phones, coffee cups, and scripts are spread out through all of those scenes. Yeah. To, to get away, just, if, you just ever, off camera. if you ever see, just off if you camera. ever see a sideline scene on All American and you see like the bags and the helmets, under every helmet is just personal shit <laughs> you know what i mean you're like coffee cups you're like and like they'll say like oh like you know we're setting up and you'll see everyone scurry just to find a place they can put their it's just like roaches when the lights come on like yeah. everybody scurries to their phone once they say cut so game of thrones is probably actually hilarious when people <laughs> do that with like like nights and shit with a bunch of starbucks and starburst but so quick question i know like it's a hot take we should be a little bit shorter on this but fuck it we're diving into it's it. game of thrones yeah so what is your perspective on the last these last couple episodes of last season, do you think they're, you know, staying true to Doing what they wanted to? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I I was late to the game. I was like a season four time period uh, in, in yeah, enter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that uh, they're doing a great job. They they have to do what they have to do. What yeah, they, what, they, what they got. Yeah, they're making six long <laughs> movies and giving us what we need. But at the same time, I do feel it does feel a little rushed. Like I had mentioned earlier, the ghost thing, it feels a little rushed. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of there's a lot of jokes about <clears throat> uh, the the scenes being too dark. Yeah. But you know, you yeah. guys are in the biz. What's cheaper to make 
a dragon flying at night or a, dra- a dragon flying during daytime. <laughs> yeah. CGI, it's cheaper to make it with the dark colors and yeah. with the dark filter. And it so looks got a, a little discount. bit better, too. If you remember that shot of the dragons in episode one flying over Winterfell, yeah. it looked like CGI. Yeah. You know, like you saw and you're like, oh, that's, that's definitely dra- not real dragons. I know, SNL was jabbing at it first. First moment they could. Well, that's Saturday a great night. point, Joe. That's yeah. a they that's a, a really good point. They got a discount for like the midnight package in, in post. So right, that's that's just what they, they got for fifteen million an episode, right? 15, it's insane. It's insane episode. the budget that they're yeah. getting. It just feels a little bit uh, rushed, and I think that's what everyone. It doesn't feel like it's getting the even though these episodes are long, it feels like we're just rushing, right? Mm-hmm. Like how long it takes to get to. Uh, King's Landing, right? Like how yeah. fast that it, it's, Would it's you just, say... It's a catch-22, I think. I feel like we, the, the, throughout this entire process, from at least myself, for the first time I watched it, I was so lost. There's so <laughs> many things going on. So yeah. many fan like, I just want them all to be in the same room so they could just, <laughs> just, just, just hash it out already. Like, click Game Bowl season two, not season eight. <laughs> but but, but I, now I understand. I'm like, okay, they got to fit a lot of people in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. a lot of dialogue. Seven seasons, years of, of just anticipation and build up they got to get to it and that's why a lot of their stuff they're now that i'm an actor uh (laughs) i know a lot of this stuff in between the pages in between the lines like yeah Yeah. i want more lines i want more dialogue i want more time i want i want double the movies i want double features every every episode but i understand that they're doing a lot in their short amount of time and they're actually doing a lot of non-verbal acting non-verbal things that 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 surmount what's been going on these this the last seven seven months and th- seven years that's what is good acting and that's why yeah. they're getting paid the big bucks <laughs> um matt so let me ask you this though as like a big game of thrones guy and with that fan base like how is does the general fan base feel the exact same way you do that it's being rushed that it's just not I, I, it it's just not how you saw like it there's being care put into it you know and i think a lot of these fans uh of the show feel like they know it better and I think that's the same thing that you're seeing with Star Wars right now too is mm. that the Star Wars fans think they know it better than the actual creator right mm-hmm. and ultimately like it is the creator's choice right it is Benioff and Weiss it is their show yeah they get final say right however I did just watch a, a video a YouTube video this morning analyzing the Battle of Winterfell and how it could have been done better. YouTube, you know, like that's the kind of cool (laughs) content that you get. And it's like, I just tweeted last night about this Star Wars fan-made video of like how they recreated um, the episode four fight between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I saw that. As if, oh my gosh, it was amazing. And, And I think that's, it gets back to like, fans care so much about these properties and you build them up to a certain point and eventually like, you're going to have backlash when it's not the way that they thought it was going to go. However, Marvel has done a great job at also subverting expectations but giving us a payoff. However, I want to get into take two, which has to do with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So speaking Mm. of the Star Wars films, Star Wars or Disney just announced a new trilogy that's coming out 2022, 24, mm-hmm. and 26. 26. <laughs> as well as uh, it's Avatar getting, <laughs> a, the Avatar sequels getting delayed a little bit. Right. Um, but Dane, uh, I want to hear your take. So take two. Uh, I hope you guys are ready for a shitload more Avatar <laughs> and Star Wars because literally, <laughs> what literally, the, Kathleen what are they Kennedy, doing? Kathleen Kennedy, the head of uh, Lucasfilm, was literally saying, oh, yeah. This uh, Star Wars um, fatigue is setting in. Boom. A week later, three more Star Wars movies coming out. Like, 
Cool. And I get it. It's it's being pushed a bit, but let the, us miss it. Yeah. yeah. Let us, let miss, us it. miss it. Speaking of rush, you, you don't say that about Marvel though. No, because mm, no. For, for me, and, and yes, like Marvel kind of takes from the Star Wars uh, structure of creating one movie that's just in a long line of, of stories to right. create one full story. But when I look at the MCU, I see 22 episodes instead of 22 movies. And then Endgame became the season finale for this phase three. But for Star Wars, as somebody that's like barely seen any of them, but I know the stories behind them. And again, me and Dan are going to watch them. He, what You said you want to watch them. I mean, uh, like one day every I, I, week and we go from there. So yeah, I will yeah, know yeah. it. But for me, it's like on the outside looking in, there's too much. There's so much shit going on. Growing up, the one thing that I appreciated about Star Wars is they didn't give you enough. They right. left meat on the bone. They left the stories open-ended to now every time they put a movie out, there's the director or the writers are always answering questions about the movies that right weren't answered in the story or didn't go or looked over. It's just like, just put the project out and let us absorb it as we want. People don't want just shows anymore. They want no. to live in this world. People are such fans of it. They yeah. want to live in this world. And similarly, I, I was going to say, to retort your, what you said about um, people being invested, I think that when it comes down to uh, Marvel, Avengers versus Star Wars, there's a couple superheroes yeah. In, yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. You got... Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca. Yeah, so you got those two, and those are those. There's like obviously, uh, what's the new the new? That was a good Wookiee, by the Thanks, way. But, yeah. uh, what was the, what's the new girl's name? What's her Ray. name? Ray. Ray. She's a superhero. Daisy Ridley. And uh, and um, those are only a few superheroes. Marvel. There is literally you have superheroes like 20, 30 plus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And around the world, like there could have been boys or girls that were fans of that one particular superhero. Yeah. There's like thousands, millions of fans for that one. And there's thousands, millions of fans for uh, the other superhero. And yeah. they're all packed in together into one movie, into one series. That's going to bring this huge crowd. Yeah. I think it's a little different with Star Wars. Well, I think, I think what you're saying is, is true, though, because, okay, 1977, that movie comes out. 80, Empire comes out. And 83, Jedi comes out. I know that shit because I'm just, just a Star Wars guy. <laughs> and then they wait 24 years to do the re-releases or close to that, like 15 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then these start coming out. So it's hit generations so differently. And now, you know, we have Ray and we have the solo movie and like all these things like, like Disney taking this entity is really deciding how they want to market it and what they want to do with it. And they're seeing the Game of Thrones model and the Marvel model. And speaking of Game of Thrones, they hired Benioff and Weiss to do these films if these are the three. And this should be a trilogy, um, uh, on the Knights of the Old Republic, which was like an old video game. Oh, that game was so good. Yeah. Who played that? Uh, I, no I did, a bit. Oh, but I Benioff and Weiss that. are believed no, to be taking that. And if they do that, I'm excited for it. You know what? I've stopped caring about Avatar. I don't really give a shit about Avatar. See, Avatar is low-key dope. This, but, yeah. but dude, if anything, Sam Worthington is just stoked to have work again because <laughs> that guy hasn't done fucking anything since. Was but he the guy that, that crushed it for that time period, though? Yes. Yeah. He was Titans, in Terminator Salvation. Terminator, Avatar. Yeah. Was everything. They tried to make him a movie star, just like, just like they tried to make John Trash, Trump. by the way. But for me with Avatar is you have Avatar World and Disney World. You're saying that these films are coming. Mm -hmm. The first Avatar, when you go back and watch it, it's a beautiful film, but people are forgetting about it. They so are. are you marketing this next movie coming out in what, 2021, I believe? Are yeah. you marketing that to us or to a younger generation or to the kids? Because kids these days have no idea what Avatar was 10 years ago. 
the phenomenon. No. It's the highest grossing movie currently right now until Endgame takes it over at two point seven billion dollars. I know James Cameron. James Cameron threw out a little congratulatory. Last, thing. Well, what last if what if they're I doing what if they're doing the what uh, Star Wars did in seventy seven or maybe See, yeah, my, get, letting you like, more off the my bone, only more thing, meat on the bone. Mm. My only thing is is that. Avatar was supposed to come out sooner, but they literally created a new technology right. to film that movie, just like they did with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So if they're waiting this amount of time to give us a new form of technology of how we see the film, then by all means, take as much time as you want because it'd be dope. But if you're giving us the same thing, we're just like, oh, go see it in 3D and stuff will pop about you. I'm like, you guys could have did this eight years ago and kept my attention to where these next few that are coming out are still there, are still there for me. For right now, it's like, if I don't see Avatar, it won't be the worst thing in the world for me, even well, though I know I'm fucking gonna see yeah, it. I have a few friends that are working on the movie, and uh, you know they're making six of these bad boys? Yeah, yeah. there's a six of them. There's a shitload, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They haven't made a second one yet. No. Exactly. Well, so the said, sixth one's definitely coming out. They made a theme park the before, the si before the sequel. But they know, they, they know what they're doing already, clearly it's all being laid out, and James Cameron's probably just like, sat in his basement for the past 10 years just writing all these movies and like getting everyone involved but how can james cameron get super mad when like marvel movies are being dope and he's like trying to cash in on avatar i never understood that like, i was like dude shut up i don't know <laughs> it was always kind of weird actually but i feel like he's gonna he got a little butthurt by the marvel yeah, 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 i feel yeah. like he's like in his basement like oh you guys think marvel's good Watch you see, you see that's why he keeps going back to the drawing board. The like, oh, yeah, game was dope. <laughs> you see the South Delay Park Avatar again. <laughs> you see the South Park where yeah. he, it's about raising the bar, and he just goes to the bottom of the ocean because he can't find the bar yeah. because it's so fucking low. Now. <laughs> you know, so like I, I, I always love that. But uh, I'm actually, I shocker, like we're all gonna go see those films, you know, like yeah. and it'll be fun. But like if if I'm encouraged by anything, it's that. A, what you said, Spencer, the technology, because they had to do the same thing for Aquaman. Yeah. Aquaman to me was most exciting because of the technology and being underwater and doing all that shit. And Avatar 2 is believed to be more of an underwater story, which sounds okay. like on that planet. Yeah. He wants to do different things. So like I'm in fine with to storytelling, it. I'm cool with it. I'm fine with it. So yeah. we're gonna have big blue people underwater. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Zoe Saldana is raking it in. Yeah. yeah. That is insane. <laughs> like, oh wow. Like, what's your resume? Oh, um, MCU, have you heard of it? Oh, you like movies? Way, Everyone. The two biggest <laughs> movies of all time in it. Yes. <laughs> was in it. Well, speaking, let's get back to the MCU. And a couple rom-coms. <laughs> so we had some new trailers that came out, uh, one of them being Spider-Man Far From Home. And this was a spoiler-filled uh, trailer, which ironically, Tom Holland was at the top saying, look out for spoilers here. Because uh, he is the king of spoiling <laughs> yeah. Marvel movies, yeah. but uh, now it's a thing. Also, it's HBO's thing. Uh, Watchmen uh, show mm -hmm. had a little teaser trailer. Uh, is that the only trailer that we had this week? Uh, those were the big ones. Yeah, the big ones. Big ones. Uh, okay, big ones. so yeah. Spencer, take three. <laughs> so take three, part one. Spider Man's going to find a fucking way to make me cry in this movie. Oh my god, he's going to do it. I got a little emotional just in the opening clip of that trailer. Did you not but, cry when he got dusted? No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, is so I, you can do it again. I cried. Cry again. I cried when he got dusted. I cried when he walked up to to uh, Iron Man and was like, "We won, we won!" And On the, and yeah. War Machine's pulling him back. Uh, he's like, "Oh, I can make people cry now. I'm going to do it in every single movie I'm in." So yeah, I, I think he's going to make me cry. Take two. Take three point two. Watchmen is literally Incredibles in real life. Yeah, it is. That's all it is. Yeah, it is. And I can't fucking wait. Watchmen, the original movie, 
you know, we'll give Zack Snyder some credit because we kind of bashed yeah. his Batman theory Zack a while Snyder. back. We bash him. He fucking nailed to. Watchmen to me. I love Watchmen. And absolutely, it, even the extended cut, the director's cut is actually well over three hours. And uh, Snyder's good at those three-hour lengths. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm hyped for, for that. Um, you know, do we have a release date on that? For Watchmen? Uh, Who are the characters? Uh, who's well, playing the characters? Um, so the only person I was recognizable was uh, uh, Warchak. Uh, War, Warchak? Rorschach. Rorschach. It's premiering in the fall 2019, but it's the... Um, it's Damon Lindelof who did Lost, and yeah. he's doing that. So yeah, I'm excited for that. It's Regina King. It's it's Yaha Abdul-Mateen who played um, Black Manta. Uh, Black Manta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Irons who was oh, the original was awesome. Scar. Yeah, uh, they actually yeah. should have brought him back for Why Scar. I will say back? that they definitely should have brought, brought him back. They brought Chinatou. I don't know. And Don Johnson, like Don Johnson. Don Johnson itself is a name. It's also like, what's what's rad is uh, Trent Reznor's doing the score, and Trent mm -hmm. Reznor of Nine Inch Nails did one of my favorite scores, which was uh, The Social Network. Oh, oh right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's just everything Good. he does is just it's it's not what you'd expect. So I'm well, excited for that. Well, Watchmen right now, um, as the the trailer drops, about a minute and a half trailer, but it's essentially uh, a world where superheroes are considered outlaws right now. Mm -hmm. And what it looks like is Don Johnson is some sort of a police chief or someone in higher command with the police force, and it seems like the Warshak uh, group has maybe I think he died and maybe now it's like a spawn of, well that's um, why some of them are saying this might be a sequel to the movie see that's what i was thinking and they're not but they're not just like coming out with that oh but they could do it so because like, the blue guy could make the, yeah. the multiverse yeah. oh my god exactly. the blue guy oh, dr manhattan, dr. manhattan. <laughs> the blue in guy the movie. we're talking about tons of blue people today <laughs> yeah yeah but like in in the trailer you see like the the warshack face a lot of people have that so they may it may be where warshack dies and now his thoughts, ideas has become sort of it's a, a movement. So it's a, it's a movement. And yeah, I'm fine with that. You think Doctor Manhattan's going to be full nude the whole, the whole I hope series? So. Like I he hope was so. in I don't the movie. Know why I hope so, but I kind of <laughs> hope so. Um, it was that movie to me. The the original Watchmen was fucking dope. It came out of nowhere for me. I had no idea what Watchmen was before. Same. I just thought it was a it was a dope. What is it, comic? Digital? Yes, was it? it was. It's not a, technically a comic. It was book. a graphic novel. Graphic novel. It was a graphic yes. novel. And I will say this, if anyone's going to do this type of, uh, is going to do Watchmen on TV, it's, it's HBO. HBO should do this kind of programming. I think well, and this kind of gets into what uh, Spencer talked about a few weeks ago on the show, is that uh, Game of, he said this is this season's going to solidify why HBO is top dog. Yep. Yeah. Right? And I think yep. this continues that, even though we aren't as happy with Game of Thrones as we'd <laughs> like. Uh, but... I I do agree with Spencer that like their programming right now is, yeah. is top notch. Well, when you think about it, so Dark Knight came out in two thousand eight, Watchmen came out in two thousand nine. Within that year span, like we had some pretty good yeah. superhero movies that were it felt like they were rooted in real life. Like we could have saw Batman two thousand eight was Iron Man. That's why DC. Yeah. That's why DC always Iron gets Man. lost. Like for other people, I'm just like DC over Marvel. That's just how I grew yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still am. Just I'm trying to hang on to it. Yeah, but it's just. The fantastical nature of DC is a little bit above Marvel. Now you have Captain Marvel who's raising the stakes a little bit. It, that that works. Yeah. But you're supposed to ground it so people can actually care about it and believe in it first. Right. Not just just go straight to dark side. Like you're not you're supposed they to. They like, go straight to the dark side yeah. way too much. Right. They go. They, you got to make it so that people believe it in the beginning, where like they can be affected by it and keep it grounded. That's why people like watching movies. It's like, oh, yeah. I, could, I could be there. I could believe it. I could I could do that. But if it's yeah. too fantastical, unless you're James Cameron and you're amazing at believing that there's beautiful there's blue people everywhere like yeah do your thing but i think that that gets lost with with people sometimes but, but it's like when you watch a movie like 
the other day I'm watching, a, uh, I was watching Dumb and Dumber alone. And I'm not laughing at the moments I usually laugh, even though I know they're funny. Mm -hmm. But when you're with someone else in the room, you laugh. That other person picks up that, you know, it's and they laugh. Energy. And it's, the, it's, the sh it's a shared energy. And it's, it's usually those really little human moments. And when you get those in like action movies, like, you know, even in Avengers, the little, the little human elements, just Ant-Man, you know, eating the tacos or whatever it may be in those yeah. films, those are the things people are reacting to. Exactly. And, I, and, and that's what's been fun. And that's what they're doing, I think, a lot better as they proceed. Good. I think HBO is going to knock this one out of the park. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, they got Regina King when she's essentially at her peak. She just won an Oscar. Yeah. And she just signed an overall deal with, I forget uh, what production company it was, but I think Netflix, I want to say. So she signed an overall deal with the Oscars. She, <laughs> every year. She, like, <laughs> she's ascending and she's somebody that for me, like, I've known of her since like the early 90s. Yeah. So to she's see her great. in this like commanding role is going to be dope. And I will say this about Spider Man Mysterio's a bad guy. He, he's lying to be a us. fucking bad guy. He's a bad guy. Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal is giving him mean eyes too. That whole trailer, <laughs> and they're at a bar. That was weird. But uh, yeah, I mean. So, do you believe that there's a multiverse? I do. Or do yes. you think that Mysterio told uh, Fury, and now Fury's like, oh, of I believe there is. there's a multiverse. I don't necessarily believe this Mysterio's from it. I think he's messing with. I think he's bullshit. I, and all I think the it elementals just complicates, right? Like Marvel is so good at like making this streamline. Da 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 da. Adding a multiverse just makes this really complicated, doesn't it? It it does, but only if they start to try to answer questions from the multiverse. Mm -hmm. So if it's like, do we get X Men? Like you give us solidified, concrete answers. Yes, we have X Men. Yes, they're in our world now. Start telling the story of them in our world. But if it's that whole like pop into and from because technically there are there if it's a multiverse there are millions of tony starks out there there are millions of infinity stones yeah. out there it actually answers like, a bunch of questions it it does like i think i think it saves them if they introduce the multiverse it actually saves them from plot holes and everything else well i was watching it's a double-edged sword in my opinion i was yeah. watching a youtube video yeah. the other day and they were like well there's in the marvel universe there are those there's one where thanos got uh uh dusted in 2014 there's one where the Guardians of the Galaxy never came together in that point. Like, all of these things. So there's all of these scenarios that, like, I don't think they'll hammer home on us, but I think it's, it's kind of fun to be able to bounce bounce around a little bit. And it would also kind of, un you'd understand a little bit more why Mysterio's stuff kind of looks like Doctor Strange. Like, yeah. everything he's doing, it's like those kind of shapes, it's those kind of things. Like, is this dude just through that kind of, in that vein, basically? Is I'm going to M. Night Shyamalan this real quick. <laughs> what if, yes. what if Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, is good, okay, 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 and dies at the end or in the middle, and the other version of him, the 616 version of him, <laughs> is not Mysterio yet, sees Mysterio being Mysterio, I look like that guy kind of thing, and then becomes bad, Sinister Six is coming, M. Night Shyamalan. Ah. I just went cross-eyed. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, that, that's what the multiverse anything, does to you. Anything could happen. But <laughs> that's I like the always sunny in Philadelphia gif of like, uh, Charlie Day in front yeah. of like the red strings and the oh newspapers my God. against yeah, the wall. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. coming. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, Mean Girls. The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. Well, and one thing that was interesting in 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 game, and again, what well, here, let's just like we're yeah, let's just go. Let's 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 roll with this now. No more hot takes. Let's just get into your thoughts. Yeah, I want to hear those, Joe. Those hot takes were fuego. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Joe Joe's a big Avengers yeah. fan. Yes. I, I did a little research. You know. He's been tweeting about the Avengers since 2011, joined Twitter in 2010. So this dude's been hyped on Avengers since the get-go. Yeah. He's OG let's, let's fan. Let's go down, yeah. let's go down the rabbit hole. Shit. So 
I collected shoes before all these freaking hype beasts. Oh, really? <laughs> and I saw. I just did it before it was cool. You're not going. You're not going <laughs> so to bands and pointing at you're, the ones with the, yeah, the Spider Man logo. On. So we we have our favorites when it comes to uh, the MCU. But what are some of your favorites? What are some of your? If you ha- I, I asked Dane this question the other day. If I said I said you if you have three movies that you wanted to introduce to somebody that has never experienced the MCU, what mm-hmm. are three movies? They don't have to be trilogies. They can pop uh-huh. around. What are three movies that can encapsulate what the MCU has done? Clearly, Thor: The Dark Winter World. Sto- yeah, right. <laughs> Winter Soldier is number one. Yes, that movie. I was like, damn, I'm in this for the yeah. long haul. Producer Matt is hyped on that do, selection. Whatever you guys gonna do, and that was that was the Russo, Russo brothers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after that, that was the first. That was the first, first, first one. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's what solidified them. So I'd say that. Um, I'd go as far as to say, if you want to understand it, gotta watch it, man. Okay. Gotta watch Ant-Man. Okay. Ant-Man so, uh, and the Wasp or Ant-Man? Uh, Ant-Man, because the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Because yeah. of, oh no, you can watch either or. I think either or. Either or. As long as you get the quantum realm in it, it you have to you need that okay. for like the That's whole true. gist of it. Okay. So I think Winter Soldier and I guess one of the Avengers movies, but not Infinity War or not Endgame, I'd probably say Avengers OG. So Winter Soldier, Soldier okay. Avengers OG, Ant-Man and the Wasp. By the way. Okay. Good selections. It's nuts to watch the first Avengers now and be like, this shit looks so it's dated. so fucking dated. Yeah. It looks so it dated. Looks so, dated. I, so I went back and watched a lot of these with my girlfriend at, like when we were sitting in bed at night in Mexico. She was all about Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, she was She was pumped. So we watched Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron is a better movie now. Absolutely. It's a lot better of a movie now. It just, at the time, it was setting up so much, so there was no payoff. Yep. But yep. now a lot of those payoffs happen in Endgame. Mm-hmm. And producer TD's big on this, too. But I, I didn't believe him at first. And I watched it, and I'm like, damn, like, Age of Ultron's a better movie. Because totally. of the callbacks Except, and stuff. Yeah, oh, They my set God. up so callbacks. much stuff that we just didn't know. We yeah. didn't if, know. If you're a real true fan, you're like, oh, wait, did he just? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> every scene, Every scene I've seen... Every scene I've seen since Endgame with Tony Stark, I look at it differently. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. God. I mean, one of of the biggest (laughs) ones, and we talked about this the other day, was I was right in saying that uh, uh, Captain America could pick up Thor's hammer. Yeah, the Russos came out and said, no, Cap could have picked his uh, hammer up at the table. He just didn't want to... That's that's such a Cap move, though, right? When you you watch that scene... guy at the party. He's the leader. He pulls off... He's not showing up his boy. He pulls off easier than anybody else. Everybody else is like rolling up their sleeves trying to do it. He's only for like three seconds. It's like, oh, no, I can't do it after he moves it. Right then and there, I was like, nah, he can do it. He's just saving face. I saw a theory that said Cap couldn't lift Mjolnir... I said that right. You did. Uh, There's a J in there. Right? Yeah. 2011, been tweeting since then. 48. Uh, <laughs> uh, that he couldn't lift Mjolnir because at that moment in time, he had something weighing on his conscience that, ma- conscience that made him unworthy. And that was that he knew that Bucky killed Tony's parents and that made him unworthy. Ah. Until he came clean about that, that's what made him worthy. Ah. That is, it is kind of a heavy thing to kind of keep on you, huh? Especially yeah. that dude. I mean, because if, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that theory. But I, 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 I don't, I, I've heard but that I like one too. Humility. I love that, that it's just Cap is so humble, like right? And it's yeah. so on brand for him. Do you think everything in Cap's house is just like folded to perfection <laughs> and like everything's always like it there's like no dishes Republic. in the sink? Like, yeah, everything's like Gap. What would he, <laughs> Definitely yeah. all schmediums. You know what? Like his claws would be hilarious in 2019. Very tonal colors. Yeah. Like wash. First we get the khakis. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, I want to know. Since you're getting into acting now, post career, I want to I want to hear a little bit about that, like post career transition now yeah. into acting yeah. in LA. Yeah, 
I want to so, hear about that. So let's, I mean, let's do a quick bio on you, if that's okay. Quick bio. So you played high school at Crespi. Crespi High School, all boys high school. <laughs> yeah. Crespi Carmelite? Crespi Carmelite, all <laughs> brown and gold, baby. Yes. Poo and piss. We, yes. actually have a, we actually have a player on our show that went to Crespi, uh, Spencer Moore. Yeah. Uh, he, he's way, way younger than us. Like, uh -huh. we're old heads now. Yeah. But so <sighs> you went to Crespi. Yeah. You, did you start out at Notre Dame? So I went to, from Crespi. I, I was part of the number one recruiting class in the nation, 2008, <laughs> wow. uh, Notre Dame. And uh, we had like Kyle Rudolph, Michael Floyd, mm -hmm. um, Jonas Gray, and and well, uh, a few other guys that Robert Blanton, a few other guys. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, our team was dope too. We got guys that are still playing that was awesome to see. Yeah, Harrison Smith, guys like that. Yeah, Harrison Smith was underrated. I you was, know what's funny? Was, he was a he was a Sam linebacker when I was in college. That's insane. Yeah, I that, and, though. and then he then he kind of went back and forth to safety, and now he's he's super underrated. He's a good player. So you started at Notre so, Dame. Yeah, and then I transferred to UCLA. I slapped the priest on the butt, got suspended, transferred to UCLA. What? Wow. Yeah, it's a true story. Same though. A Jesuit priest? <laughs> no, definitely Catholic. Had a, had, he, a, had a collar and everything. Father did he Ralph. like it though? That might have been why he got mad, because <laughs> he did like it. Oh, wow. Uh, he got turned all red, rosy cheeks, and then turned around and started yelling at me. So then, they just said, go home. They No, they, they left the manila envelope under my door with like saying that I was being insubordinate, that I was sexual harassment and physical violence because oh. my big hand, triple X, hurt his butt. Oh, oh my wow. God. So then, yeah, then I was like, I was going to try and go back. So I got a summer job at Hot's, Hot's Tacos Cantina as a busboy and a waiter in Northridge, California uh, for three months. And I was going to transfer. I, was took, I also took classes at Pierce College for uh -huh. two weeks, political science. Nice. I saw my girlfriend from sixth grade and she did not look so good. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is not the place I don't want to be. <laughs> so from there, I, uh, I, uh, I just uh, figured out that I didn't want to go back to Notre Dame and walk on eggshells because I would have had to have yeah. missed the entire fall season. Yeah. So I was like, well, uh, screw you. I'm going to go to UCLA. So I didn't really get downgrade. And uh, it's even better story from the whole Crespi connection. When I came back to UCLA, I was like, I wanted to go to a, a good school. So yeah. they didn't have any scholarships. So when I when I left that meeting with New Heisel and a few others, I'm like, okay, well, they're like, at one point they're like, can you pay for school? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, I can't. <laughs> so uh, you know, after they were like, they said, well, we don't have anything for you right now. I'm sorry, but best of luck with everything. I'm like, okay, sure. So on the ride home, they called me like, no, we have a scholarship for you. Oh wow! I found out later that a, a teammate of mine, EJ Woods, uh, he went to Crespi. Yeah, I know. He, I know EJ, EJ Woods. Woods. Safety. Yeah, yeah. Really big recruit, four star recruit. Um, had a lot of promise. He messed up in college, a little worse than me. It wasn't a priest. It was something that got blown up, and it was a public university, so everyone right. knew about it. It wasn't a priest. Yeah, yeah. no one knew about my thing because it was a private university. But nevertheless, right. so uh, I, I use my hands when I talk. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I actually, funny enough, I got his scholarship. Wow. So during that time, they didn't know whether they had enough scholarships because he was going through this time period where like he got in trouble and right. they were going to kick him out. So at that time, I basically just took my my buddy from high school spot at UCLA. It's funny hearing what a good friend. Yeah. hearing the name Thanks EJ falling on the sword EJ <laughs> because I re I remember hearing that name in high school. Yeah, and Santa I'd Monica probably yeah Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. I we played against each other. Yeah, but it's just. Growing up in in Southern Cal, you hear those familiar names uh, after a couple couple years, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Just the minute yeah. you start rolling back, we, so that, that's that's we always talk about this. We, yeah, small. LA football. We always talk about just like names. Like you'll throw something like a name out, and you're like, "Shit, I remember that!" Just just from the area. Yeah, yeah. whether it's like a kid from Inglewood or like Maricosta, who we would play, or like you know, it was, yeah, it's just those familiar. names stood out because they were in the Daily News. They yeah, were yeah, Los and Angeles you, know, you would wake up and you'd read the LA Times on Saturday morning Absolutely. and be like, "Who's?" Who's and rivals.com and scout.com was just coming up. Now Max it's preps ridiculous. Too. Max Preps, too. Because you remember at that point. I called them that said I had more rebounds one time. 
I was like, Max Preps, you got him wrong. I got double, double. <laughs> I got a double, double on this bitch. I, was an email. People did that. People yeah. would be curious about the Max Preps stats that would come out. And Fuck hey, that was, in, that was important. That was but, important at the time. So, so you go undrafted from UCLA. You go to the Detroit Lions first? Yes, I went undrafted. UDFA, what's up? Yep. What's you know up? how it is. Uh, it's tough in these streets. Uh, but yeah, I went undrafted and I chose the Detroit Lions because mm-hmm. my agent, Dave Dunn, was the same agent as um, Scott Linehan's, the offensive okay. coordinator. Got it. So I saw an opportunity and it paid out in the beginning. I got He called seven. He called a lot of runs for me. Not runs, a lot of passes for me in the end zone. But I only got seven, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, then, and then you played with the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots, correct? Yeah. So uh, that second year, after my rookie year, I got a few touchdowns. Second year, they, they drafted a tight end. I didn't handle it so well. Then I got injured off the field. And then I went to third year, I went to the Cardinals and bounced around. I got knee surgery, mm-hmm. bounced mm-hmm. around, went to the Patriots that later that year. Uh, Belichick called me and said, hey, don't come back too soon. Like, you know, we're, we really want you. We want, we're excited about your talent. Just don't come back soon. Come back when you're ready. I came back too soon. Yeah, you know, eight to twelve week recovery. I came back in eight. Um, I was limping the first two weeks. Third week they cut me. Just and, and it's a revol- Yeah, it was a revolving door of of people at at Patriots. If you're not doing what they want at that moment in time, they get you the fuck out. Yeah, that's why they're so good. Yeah. Um, and then a very smaller story about actually the ending of my career was when I know a lot of people know was behind the scenes is when I from the Patriots. It was week fourteen, week fifteen. I went to the Rams when they were still the St. Louis Rams, mm-hmm. and I had a connection there. A connection so good that they were basically going to just give me a two-week little payday for uh, practice squad. Wow. Mm. My ego got in the way and also not really feeling too good about my knee and just good enough, feeling good enough that what I did in my rookie year to be carried over three years later to my fourth year, yeah. that wasn't true. So I said, hey, no, I don't want your practice squad money. I will worry about next year. Mm-hmm. Next year came, nothing. No yeah. calls, no tryouts, nothing. That was 2016. 2017, I took it, took it, uh, the opportunity in my own hands, and I started calling people and being my own agent because my agent basically teetered off. Yeah. Cold caller. Cold caller. Yeah. So I, I cold called, and I got a tryout with the New York Giants in 2017, September. They sent me home, but it was a good way to kind of get it off my chest. Yeah. Uh, the few months leading after were kind of difficult, but you know I'm better for it now. And then I also... Little uh, little Cinderella story. I did I did the AAF before it went belly up. Yeah, no way. Yeah, so just this last January, after moving back, after pursuing broadcasting in New York for a couple of years, um, I uh, was moving back and broke up with the lady, moved back to LA, and I just thought a seamless transition of my old UCLA coach mm-hmm. from the uh, Rick Neuheisel mm-hmm. was coaching the Arizona Hotshots, and he had said, "Hey, why don't you come?" play on this new AAF team. I said, no, I'm so far away from this. Like, I don't need this anymore. Yeah. He said he was going to take care of me. He said, don't worry about it. You'll be safe. And it just made sense because I was making the move across country anyway. I was like, oh, 70 grand payday? Like, no big deal. I didn't know what I'd do this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So why not dust off the cleats? I have not touched a football in two years. <laughs> right. Literally. So how did, that, how did that feel, like, getting back onto the field? Like, it felt really good. Like, literally, I fucking felt like Jordan playing after you played a few so seasons, weird played a few seasons of baseball and then came back we're yeah. in the four or five yeah we're yeah. in the four or five yeah <laughs> and uh but at the same time i it was cool to, to see myself like oh i still got it mm-hmm. oh i'm still dusting these fools i still surprising catching everything yeah. surprising myself but then it caught up to me because football needs to be respected i did not fucking train for playing football and they were playing at a pretty high level granted yeah. i was keeping up i wasn't keeping up to the point where i was doing what I used to do. And I'm 29 years old now, and the recovery time isn't as strong. So after doing the first week, doing really well, 
getting the team together, being a leader, like, you know, kind of making it my own thing and having so much goddamn fun because my outlook was totally different. If that, if at that point, if it had ended the next day, I'd be happy with it. Yeah. All those guys that I was on team with, they wouldn't be happy with it. They'd be fucking sad and depressed if it had be done the next day. Well, That's a lot why of them were working to get in the position that you already were. Yeah. Yes. So yes. it was so a different outlook exactly. entirely. Exactly. And I saw it as an opportunity, not selfishly to get back in the NFL. I had no interest in doing that. Mm -hmm. I saw it as a payday and also to help young men with this transition process. Because for all intents and purposes, they are on their way out. Yeah. They were on their way out. There's a couple that got back in. Good for them. That's amazing. But for the most part, None of them really, they were all like the, that third string, like on the cusp kind of guy, a couple mm -hmm. big name guys, yeah, but like yeah. a, on the cusp kind of guy. So I was there really taking an ownership on being there for those guys and, and solidifying relationships. Guys, I still talk to to this day, even though I was only there for a few weeks. So in the middle of, I, I, I digress, I, in the middle of that month, I got injured. I got strep throat. I missed like 10 days of practice. There was no reason for me to be there. Yeah. My recovery time was weak. Yeah. And, you know, a week before cuts, like my coach called me. He's like, hey, what do you feel about this? I'm like, you know, I'm giving it my best shot. <laughs> Whatever you want to do at the end of it, great. I'm having a good time making the most out of it right now. Let me know what you think at the end. So they ended up cutting me, but it was more of like a, like a relationship because we are friends. Like mm -hmm. I'm played guitar and did other things with this coach guy. Like Rick Neuhausel is a homie. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, that was my experience. And it, it was... I'm sad to see it go. The AAF was very special. Mm -hmm. I think I think the United States of America needs more football. I think we 20 got years the XFL ago. Coming too. Yeah, we got the XFL. Yeah. It's great. And I think we need more of that. Wait, I hope, the I hope XFL's coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe. And they, Vince McMahon signed. says he has, because you know, the whole AF problem was yeah. that they didn't have enough money. Yeah. Vince McMahon sold some of his stock for WWE. Yep. And he's like, I got this shit for five years at least. Right. So this is shit, not going back. They have they have um oh. And there was a UCLA Bruin playing quarterback, Tommy Maddox. I, I just, remember I just, re so well, I just remember she hate me, and LA, <laughs> yeah. and LA won the LA won they the championship. Won it. They won it the only year. year. I was like, but I guess I'm a fan. The XFL <laughs> already has contracts with like ESPN, ABC. Um, I want to say CBS too. They have contracts with six uh, TV stations right now. And that was a big problem with the AF too because. You thought they had contracts with, like, they had they had their CBS contract, but all their other contracts and all their other uh, places you saw the games being played, yeah. they were paying to be on those networks. See? They were paying the NFL networks and the NFL to be on the show. That's, ins that's insane. I got an inside scoop. I knew that shit was going belly up two weeks before it went belly up, and I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to tell yeah. my friends. I should have, but then I was like, yeah. You know. I think it's with an evening <laughs> when you're at a job, too, and, like, you're looking around the room, and you're like, Shit's off. Like <laughs> something's, something's about to happen. I haven't seen Boss in about two weeks. Yeah, we yeah. We need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, why is my, I, I saw emails? I saw my uh, punter from college, mm -hmm. Jeff Locke, got drafted in like fifth or sixth round, and bounced around the league and played with me in the Hot Shots just this past year. And I saw him at UCLA yesterday working out. And I'm like, Hey, how'd it go? How'd it end up? How was it? And he's like, Oh, you know, man, we you know in the middle of the season we were just good to happy to be back the next day like yeah, we're just there yeah, to play yeah, have yeah. fun and you know himself he knew uh, that it's very possible that it, what had happened would have happened well it's funny at the end of the day you're happy to have a job you yeah. know like yeah. what, in what you're doing you know what you love and i think the same thing goes a lot in hollywood with like you know acting and like producing like whatever like if you're working on something like you're happy mm -hmm. and you know your mind's full and it's what you want to be doing so like trying to you know understand your transition into like you're like okay well football i'm on the way out like i want to tackle something else like what did that look like for you especially if you're acting now where were you at that point and how are you here now yeah 
Um, it, I, I'm here now and I can say to you guys that I'm happy and passionate about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But a few months ago, a few years, a couple years ago, I, that was not the case. Um, I thought that the easy trend, the, the tra- I say easy because I'm going to talk about it later. Uh, the transition from football to NFL and guys having a personality. Cause there's a few of us yeah, that yeah. can, you know, that could do this kind of thing. Like, um, I, re- I remember like your highlights of dancing. Yeah. After your touchdown. Yeah. It's like, that's how I remember you first. <laughs> yeah. You have tied in at UCLA, and I think we, we put it crossed over for, I want to say, like two years together. But yeah. I remember highlights of you, you know, doing the Dougie and yeah, stuff. Yeah, having a good time. So. That was dope. But yeah, it's yeah. like, I did like, that for a reason, too, because I knew that I was on a team with Calvin Johnson, Stafford, and Reggie Bush. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I want to get noticed, too. <laughs> so I did that. There, were, there was a meticulous plan. Yeah. Um, but it, it ended up not panning out. Like I wanted to, but the natural progression of things, and I saw my uncle play in the NFL for 13 years and won two Super Bowls. Christian Fourier, uh, Seahawks, Patriots, a few other teams. Oldest touchdown in NFL history. Vin, Vinny Testaverde on his way out threw a touchdown to my uncle on his way out on the Panthers, and it's like a 80-year-old touchdown. <laughs> um, fun fact. <laughs> but I saw his road, and he did sports for a while, football for a while, and then he talked about it. And now he's still talking about it. And he's mm-hmm. doing really well in Boston. Got a bunch of minions running around in Boston. And totally. he's you know doing well. But I also saw him doing first take, Sports Nation. And then I saw him get cut in line by the Tony Romos, the Jason Wittens, the Randy Mosses, and all yeah. these guys that are you know good at what they do, but they also have a better pedigree than you know a 13-year tight end. That and name they, recognition. Name yeah. recognition and stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, man, like... I got that too, and I can be really good at this, but I don't want to be cut in line after I put on all this work because mm-hmm. I know that's literally how they how they do things. Yeah. And that's why they have problems with firing people and stuff like that. I just didn't want to be a part of it. And I also kind of just stepped back to myself and I was like thinking, like, what do I want to do? Do I want to be the do I want to be the guy asking the questions on the red carpet or be the guy dressed up on the red carpet? And I've always been a fan of acting. I've always yeah. been a fan mm-hmm. of Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, Will Smith, uh, Eddie Murphy, like guys that I literally would would lean on being acting like because I was an only child um, single mother and raised by a village mother had issues with with uh, alcoholism and, and addiction so football was my escape but at the same time when football wasn't around I had to act a certain way to pretend like I wasn't sad yeah yeah and for the very beginning my acting teacher asked me like how do you know you like it because in the very first day I was like I love acting I know I do she's like how do you know you've never, you've never done it before well I said I needed to I need to. I need to love this. Yeah. I don't know. I know one way to be successful is put all your eggs in one basket and fucking go and work yeah. hard at it. That's how I made the NFL. That's how you made the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like you loved it so much, you you slept, ate it, and breathed it. You, you loved it, and you worked your ass up to get there. And nothing else really mattered. Yeah. And that's what I want to get to with acting, and that's where I'm trying to get to with acting. Right. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's a fun transition because. There are a lot of carryovers. Yeah, uh, I've noticed from my first audition or first uh, practice audition, if you will, because in order to get in Leslie Kahn, shouts to Leslie if you're listening to this girl. <laughs> I heard Leslie Kahn, yeah. Um, and she uh, let me into her. Uh, I went to her intro to, intro to work session. Yeah. Basically, they ba- have you give an audition, and they place you. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, had me go, and it was funny. They went around the around the uh, around the room, and there's all different types of people, different walks of life, different ages. Yeah, different skill sets, but I'm the newest. I'm the rookiest. That's new, but they all go around and, and introduce themselves and tell their little Wikipedia page. Well, I go, 
And I guess it warrants questions because like three people raised their hand to ask questions about my story because it's a really compelling thing. Like I played in the NFL and a lot of these people that are you know acting now, they've done it forever. This is all they've done. This is all they know. And they've probably haven't seen as much life as I have. I'm 29 years old and I've seen some shit. Yeah. And that, that could be seen by the 40 year old actor that hasn't seen as much maybe. Yeah. But nevertheless, when I had the time to actually try out and audition, I only went twice. I'm like, shit, man, I'm ready to crush it. I didn't get to say my jokes. I'm like, come on, <laughs> let me do this. I'm like, I'm, I've been practicing all week. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone else went like six or seven times. And it wasn't my, it ended up not being my, my skill set. It was because I actually took the coaching. I found out later that she kept me after class and she's like, she didn't say this, but she, I knew it was because there was people that were like, hey, I, I learned this at this acting class. Like, I, I don't really understand what you're saying. Like, while she's coaching, I like literally, did the thing right away. Yeah. Very similar. Which is normal. It's normal. Yes, for it's us. normal. Because like when you're in a three-point stance and you're supposed to step with your, your your foot first and then shoot your hands and not cock them back and you know and run your feet and stuff like that. There's steps to it. And when your coach is telling you that, you don't say, Oh, but I learned this in high school. Yeah. But oh, my, but I learned this in know, college. Oh, but, but my, my coach, uncle taught me this when I was 14. Yeah. So I was, I'm a block like this. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can't use yeah. your hands in flag football. Yeah, and yeah, if yeah. you don't, if you don't do it, a coach will find somebody else to do that's the one thing but, in the league. It's like if you can't do it, we'll find somebody to do it for you. Yep. But you also so, realize in sports, just even learning how to take direction is one of the biggest aspects of that. Yes. And there's people where you get into those things, because a lot of what you're saying right now, we for just, you know, shits and giggles did improv. We had to go around the room and give our Wikipedia page and and you're learning everyone's there for a very different specific reason, but just some of them just had trouble taking basic direction. And you know, like if we were told to do a job or to do something, you fucking do it. You do yeah. it. You know what I mean? That in and of itself is a skill. Yeah, it is. Didn't realize that until we got into this industry, how <laughs> difficult that was to find. And- uh, Cause you get these creative types yeah. who aren't the most organized. No. And they don't get it because they think their creativity can take them everywhere. But at the same, you have to be paid. At the with end of the day, it's hard work. It, like in acting or like even in improv, and you know, like we just had to get get out of our own way, you know, and just yeah. like like succumb, just commit, just forget it. And and that was that was new. But I mean, I even remember when we first started talking about even doing improv, even getting into that room. Yeah, I didn't want to say that I played football or that I won a Super Bowl or anything like that because I always felt. Whenever I tell somebody that I play football in a non-football sports setting, it immediately throws me into a box to where I know the next 10 questions they're gonna ask me. So then I'm not learning anything about you. You're not learning anything about what I want you to learn about me. It's literally just, have you tackled this person before? Have you played, have you played <laughs> against him? What's it like playing underneath the lights? I'm like, I'm very short we, with those answers. I'm, I'm like, we can talk about so much more stuff yeah. than the do's and don'ts of football right And now. actually, I like I like talking to them more about their stuff and exactly. being on set and like that kind of thing. And so I understand, I get it a little bit, but I left the football business and the football world to not talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, like I'm here now acting with you, so I don't have to talk about it anymore, yo. Sports is the is the one career where when you tell somebody that you play that sport and they don't know about the sport, they will apologize to you for not knowing mm. about it. Yeah. And you know what I do? I'm like, okay, and, they, and I ask them what they do. And yeah. they're like, oh, I'm in real estate. I'm like, right. I'm sorry, I don't know anything about they're that. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I give I'm it back not, to my hate that, dude. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you like, do. Well, why are you watch? apologizing to me? Like, I, it's actually cool that you don't know anything about football. Yeah. Now we can actually I talk will about say this, yeah. so much more working, shit. Working with like, like in developing projects and doing stuff like that, that entertainment is like the one business where people will come into it and be like, I got a great fucking idea. 
listen to this shit. It's like, you're an engineer. I'm not going to walk into your fucking place of business and be like, yo, that wire's wrong. That wire's right. Like, it's the one business where people can walk in and be like, well, it should go this way. And it just doesn't go that way. Yeah. Well, I think there's some fans who would definitely disagree with that. They have some, they have their takes on what, what shouldn't, shouldn't happen on a football field. No, that's fine. But like, but yeah, but that's, that's sports. Like I'm talking about like you go into someone's place of business like that, like, and it's just a little different. Right. I'm going to yeah. take your advice though. I'm going to start apologizing to people sports. like, I don't know what an engineer is. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm. I'm I don't know anything about LLCs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Risk management. Mm, What's that? I don't know. I'm so sorry. I got, yeah. I got a guy for that. Yeah. It's like what, that. Is, what do you think? So I struggled with transitioning this past year too. And it, I, I got released last spring training from the Giants. And I thought I had done everything possible to prepare for that situation. Like I had, you know, made my connections in entertainment. I had my own mm -hmm. YouTube channel. And it still was just like, what the fuck do I do now? Right. So like what going through that transition period, um, what do you think was the most beneficial um thing for you that you that you're still going through now, but um that has helped you to transition into a new career? I with losing football or losing baseball, as much as we say we're not, mm -hmm. it is part of our identity. As much as you say we're more than that, mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. still is a big part of us. It was still a long, loving relationship. And once it's gone, it hurts. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't know what I, who I was without it. And as much as I thought I did, I didn't. And it took me a long time to realize that I could still be Joe. Because I was my best Joe self when football was going well. And even when it wasn't going well, I still had football. I still had it like there. Like it's so it's gonna be okay because football is still there. So yeah. like if whatever happened bad in my life, football was still there. If I wanted to hurt somebody, I would hurt somebody on the field. Yeah. If I wanted to take anger out, if I wanted to be happy, I'd be dancing on the field. Mm -hmm. You know? Or if I I was an only child, who were my brothers? on the field. Mm -hmm. When that was gone, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. What happened to locker room? Why don't why is my music list so old? Like <laughs> what happened to my beats and jams? Like my Spotify is weak right now because I'm not in the locker room anymore. Yeah. You yeah. don't but, you don't catch that that sound right? from around the corner exactly. with the, the DBs always have the best yes. music. The DBs the and the DNs at UCLA that they call, they call <laughs> the block. But even at the same time, sports providing you with things that you know you right. Know, and the, and that's why and, I relied yeah. on those things was the connections that I made. That's what's going to really help me mm -hmm. in the transition yeah. of of the league. But no, you have to help yourself. Yeah, and that's what I learned because I actually. Um, full transparency. I jumped into a relationship right after. Mm -hmm. um, I I leaned on I leaned on love and I leaned on partnership and that kind of thing. And I moved across the country. Looking back at it now, I'm, I ran away. I didn't run to something. I ran away from something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because while I was there for the longest time, I didn't find out until later. You know, now where I am now, L.A. was pulling me. Yeah. Whether it be my UCLA connections, these opportunities that I'm having right now with you guys, or you know my family and and what I really wanted to do, with, which was acting, um, I had to find out who I was, yeah. and I lost that, and I'm getting that back now. I have it back now. I'm, I am owning it as much as I can. I am Joe. Yeah. Because for so long I was that football player that wasn't like the other football players. And now I'm like, I know exactly what you mean. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know you get it. That's yeah, why yeah, we're yeah. here in the same room, on these on these <laughs> podcasts. Uh, and now it's just 
me showing that like, yeah, Big Joe's dope without the pigskin. And that's why everyone would, everyone fucked with me and remembered me and liked my dances. And you know, my teammates are still my teammates and best friends. Like, and I interacted with fans because I was Big Joe, not because I was a tight end or not because I was on the Lions. It was because I was, because well, that was me. So, so that, so that thing, what I, what I learned through that transition is without the football as an identity is to be your best self. And that takes, it takes some self-realization. And if I had to suggest it to anybody, I say, move your ass to New York. Cause that reveals character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah it does. and that's what I did. But for, for me, I like to call that, that phase of discovering yourself is like being aware that you can stand in the spotlight. So when it comes to football, it's a team sport. So when you win or lose, like the Lions win or lose, it's it's not Joe that lost the game. It's the Lions that lost it's the game. Ultimate team. Yeah. So when it comes to basketball, it's not necessarily like that because LeBron can will a team to win. Kawhi Leonard can will a team to win on forty points and twenty rebounds or whatever. But with football, it's such a team sport that if one cog breaks down, the whole shit the whole shit does. So when you walk away from that and you're finally on your own, you don't have that team, and you're forced to either stand in the spotlight or go into the shadows, Like that's the decision you have to make. So for me, leaving football, it was, I had some cool things working in my favor, but I was still trying to get used to like accepting that I was okay to stand in the spotlight by myself because I come from the team first, everybody wins. It's not just me out here. And it's and you know? it's 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 not and now it's your voice. It's only Spencer Pacinger's voice. It's yeah. not the voice for the what you Panthers. What else? Gi Giants, Jets, and, Giants, Giants, and uh, Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. And like it, it, you're not speaking for an organization. Like you don't have to watch what you say. Do you know? Do, like that's funny you say that. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> like Spencer just right fucking now. jolted out of this. Chair. But <laughs> till this day, like before I tweet something that could be like the slightest bit of problematic, I'm like. Who is going to tell me to take this down? Mm -hmm. Who is watching That's over me? I literally right had not tweeted in a while. <laughs> literally, because I, I, I had to, with that same breath, I had to find my voice. And the thing that's kind of what you're saying is like finding what is it that we're saying and that yeah. what means something to us and how will it be received? Because we're saying this to all our football fans. Yeah. But I don't really want to talk about football. So how will you take my thoughts about love and Avengers and podcasting and acting and family, but you're a fan of my football life? Yeah. It's weird. Well, I go home weird. now and I mean, just playing, I only played through college, but like. Not only, you, just, you were a D1 athlete, going, bro. Own that shit. A little shit. bit. Standing but in yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't a kicker. It's a running joke, everyone <laughs> thinks. But, uh, you know, like you go home and like, you know, when I started working in TV and like things started to kind of go in a good direction and mm -hmm. I started selling a couple shows, people come up to you and go, I didn't know you were doing any of that shit. Yeah. It was like, cause every, no one asked, like no, you know, like, and, and which is, isn't their problem, but like you, you grow up and like, I was just playing football. I was just playing baseball. And I thought for some reason, like that was all I could really do at that point. Mm -hmm. And it's not like my parents didn't, you know, nurture their interests or do things like that, but that was my identity at that time. And now looking at it now, you know, we're using, whatever that identity was, elements of that to further push our lives forward now, you know, whether it's an entertainment or whatever it may be and, and finding those connective tissues and, and realizing that we, we have opportunities to tell stories in this space and that these sports stories and even just transitioning out of sports are some of the most powerful things we found. Mm -hmm. And that I found, I, I mentioned this, uh, would like to mention this because it makes sense for my growth is that I got lucky enough to be paired with some guys that wanted to help me do a podcast. And this was the time where I literally was like, hey, I want to do this, 
but I literally have no idea what the fuck I'm going to say. <laughs> so just give me some mics and we'll just kind of yeah. go with it. And they were like very, they were, uh, one of the guys worked with Gary Vee. So he was really like, just, let's just do it. Content, content, content. Let's just yeah. do it. Just make it. Yeah, yeah. Just make it. So that that <laughs> helped me in, 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 in my growth and, and finding out that, yeah, this is, people do want to hear these stories because- like I said earlier, we've seen we've seen some shit. Shout yeah. your podcast out. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. my podcast yeah. out. So I made like 15 episodes when I was in New York, uh, uh, called "Figure It Out," and talking about basically this very this very thing. And actually, it brings me back to my earlier point. Um, I wanted to talk to people about their experience with with being an athlete, uh, their relationship with sports throughout their life, whether it be young, college, uh, pros. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. For the most part, I feel like everyone's had a relationship with with, with sports. Right. And at some point. It went away, and how do they take that? And from there, everyone has career transitions and life transitions, and I wanted to hear those. And I didn't want to talk to just football players. Yeah, um, my Rolodex is to the point where, because of who I was, I I knew other people outside of uh, football. I'm sure you did too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. There's guys that literally stay in that, that little football world, and that's okay. Yeah, it's a cool world. It's fun. Yeah, everyone's nice. For most part. And for but, some of them, that's what they want to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But my thing is, I wanted to learn more. Because I knew there was so much more to learn, so I interviewed comedians, CEOs, um, um, basketball players, and all walks of life, uh, pl- models. I, I just wanted to Dope. hear their stories and see <laughs> if there was parallels. And for the most part, there was. Everyone's gone through some shit. They've they've hit rock bottom at some point. They had to crawl themselves out, yeah. or they didn't. And but I wouldn't interview them. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, yeah. But uh, the uh, the relationship I have with that, I had that podcast and it actually helped me it helped it shed light on what i wanted to do and how i wanted to do things and it helped me form my voice because without it i probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys right now because i literally needed that to figure out how i was supposed to talk yeah because i i had a certain way of talking when i was broadcasting excuse me a certain way of talking when i was broadcasting a certain way i was talking in interviews that's how i kind of knew how i could act because yeah. I was, literally was was acting. Yeah. I, before I would go on sports, not sports nation. That was really fun. Like the <laughs> NFL networks or or or, uh, or um, ESPNs or the Bleacher Reports or the Fox Sports. I would or CBS. I would literally ask them, the producers or whomever before, because for the most part they know who I am, and I'd be like, "Hey, how much Joe can I be?" Very rarely they say full Joe. Sports Nation they said full, full Joe. I never even asked them. Full cup of Joe. <laughs> Um, two, two keeping cups. <laughs> um, they would say, "No, you got to dial it back a little bit." So I would put on this, 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 this suit, like this, this yeah. thing. Yeah. I would act. Yeah. I'd be butter. You know, I'd be. Ex- but no, you're, a, you're, a, you're a, your kinetic energy. Yeah, is very. Real. I wish. I wish there was a video <laughs> podcast because everyone could see how best straight my back is right now. My posture is great. I can't tell if you've been flexing or not the whole it's, time. I've been. I've been <laughs> <sighs> I just let it go. I just let it go. But yeah, uh, that's how I kind of knew I I could act because I'm like literally I'm not being myself right now and I'm being on TV mm-hmm. and that was almost a little mini segue to realizing and I had to go through that to realize what I liked. You did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I had a sports psychologist with the Giants that that said, don't define yourself as an athlete, but something that can live on past that. And it was, um, whether that be like, for me, it was like, oh, well, I can be an entertainer, right? And I can entertain people on the field, but also off the field. Yeah. And I think you definitely live up to that. Thanks, man. Oh, absolutely. God, you're cute. (laughs) (laughs) Like one of the things for me, uh, and this is where, Sometimes I regret it. Sometimes I think of it as a gift, but 
there are times where I'll wake up and I'll start thinking about, you know, my football career and, and mm. life after and whatnot. And I just remember times where I did not want to be defined as just a football player. So I actively tried to do things outside of the realm of sports to create that definition of the other side. But there are times in my head when I think, well, what would have happened if I did commit 100% to football, if I didn't do anything outside of sports? Would I be the $50 million athlete? Would I be the team captain? Would I be that person? Yeah, but you also wouldn't be Spencer. But exactly. So for me, it was, like you said, you were your best Deep. when you're on the field, when you're running around. You feel like that was when you were your, you were your best. For me, I had a chance to start. I started for an entire season for the Giants. That was one of the worst years mentally that I've ever had. I was not happy that entire year because there was so much stress. I was in my own way. I was worrying about everybody else's perception of, oh, did I tackle that guy right? Oh, I could have had that pick. Why didn't I? Just so much. I was my happiest when I was a backup linebacker. <laughs> and a lot of people don't say this. A lot of athletes don't say this. But for me, primarily being a special teams player and being a reliable backup, it was just fucking easier. It was easier for me. And it was for me, running down on special teams and being a demon on special teams is how I was giving my gift to the team I was playing That's for. That's so crazy to me because I think y'all are crazy as fuck. <laughs> oh, no, whenever I, am, I see y'all run down that field, I just like, ah! Bro, oh, kick off. I am yeah. very mindful. I do not throw my head into anywhere. I'm very skillful. I let the like the fast gunners. Like, but you the know L5 what I'm stuff. talking about. Like when we were younger, yes. they were those cut types. The wedge busters. The wedge busters. Joe, you ever seen The Replacements? Of course. <laughs> Spencer was like John Favreau's character. <laughs> the FBI agent. See, I was always the guy that had a fast guy in front of me and I'd say him, I'd say, Listen, I need you to run down and Take create two. hell. Do whatever you want to do, and I'll make you right. It usually be a younger guy, like a rookie, that's just happened to be on the field. But they were my torpedo. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just come in and clean it up afterwards. That's when I was my happiest. But when I was given the starting role, it was mentally one of the worst times of my life. Because one, I don't think I was ready for it, in hindsight. And two, I just had fun being on special teams. A lot of athletes in the media, of course, it wants to be... I want to be the all-star. I want to be the all-pro. Yes, I want to be the best special teamer I can be, but at the end of the day, I'm not looking for the accolades from it. I don't need the, the $50 million contract. It would be nice if we got to that point, but for me, it was just simply, can I run down a dozen times on special teams? And if you need me to go in the game as a, as a linebacker, I'll do it, but being a starter wasn't necessarily for me. Dude, what you're saying, okay. Spencer, what you're saying is really resonating with me because uh, I didn't really want to be the best tight end ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I think that that sentence has come out of my mouth before. I'm like, oh, yeah, but I never really believed it. Yeah. Because really, dude, I just liked having fun. And at the point where I got to the NFL, I found out it was a business and I kind of lost, lost a little bit of love for the game. Mm -hmm. It's After playing for the Patriots, I lost a little bit of love for the game. It's just a natural thing. Not yeah. as bad as, uh, as my buddy Cash's Mars study. He's, oh, I freaking hate it. There. <laughs> but, you know, it's not for everybody. But I, yeah, I didn't really, I it's very similar to Lee to you. I was like, yo, just put me in in the 20-yard line and I'll help you guys get points because yeah. that's what I'm really good at because no one can guard me. Yeah. Like, I don't want to block people in the other 20-yard <laughs> other line 80 yards away. Like, <laughs> I I, I'm sorry, coach, but my body can't set the edge. No. I'm not saying the edge on the tight end. That's just what it is. I'll guard a, a I can do it every back. once in a while, but what, my, my, my what, legs are too long. I got to jump over the guy. <laughs> I got jump over him. Well, you just said that. You said it's not for everybody, and that's funny because we kind of live in a world where everybody assumes that's what you want. 
You yeah. know what I mean? You want this, like, I want to be the, I want to be the best athlete. I want to be the best. You know, and it talks, it mm-hmm. just goes back to what we were talking about, where like these interests and things as a kid, like, you know, they were always there. Yeah. And then later in life, you they know, take, you, they take it back. And you saying like, you, you feel like you know exactly who you are at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, like the best you have in a long time. Yes. And you're acting. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking cool. It's fucking awesome. So, you know. Well, so I would ask you a question Spencer. real quick, since I'm here for all of it, hot takes and all. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question. Yeah. Uh, what did you do, Spencer, when you were, uh, you said you weren't 100% in football and you were kind of watering the garden for other creative things and other lights? Yeah. Your career. What it were was, you doing? Honestly, it was similar to what you were doing. I was having coffee with people. I was code emailing people. I uh, really went into our player engagement uh, guy's office and said, hey, these are the five or six things I'm interested in. Do you have anybody in this city that I can just sit down and talk with? That's awesome. Grab a coffee with, drinks with, dinner. I'll pay for it. I'll go meet them wherever they want on like on off day or, or that Monday night when you have off. But it was just setting things up to where when it comes to football, sports in general, once you get to professional level, like coaches and GMs want the sport to be the only thing in your life outside of your family. Football robots. So when our coaches are like, hey, take your iPad home and we need you to watch 10 <laughs> fucking hours of film when you're home, I'm like, you know what? Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Because I was be- I've been here for 10 hours already. I've been here since 7 a.m. I'm leaving at 6 p.m. and I'm going home to my wife. And I'm leaving my laptop or my, my iPad in my car in my locker because I need my family time. You can't infringe on my family time. So when I would tell players that, some people would be like, oh, no, like that's you need to watch more film. Some players would be like, no, I completely agree with you. But when it comes to sports, they want you to be so plugged in all the time that mentally I'm not giving you a good product if you want me to focus on football the mm-hmm. whole time. And that's how I got into to film was because I would go to the movies two times a week and not think I, about football. Yeah. Spencer was that like, was my, I want to watch a different kind of film. <laughs> yeah. Well, Too much of that, anything. Every, never good, that's why man. I tell people sometimes, they're like, oh, man, you see, you see the game? I'm like, no. No, I didn't, I didn't watch, watch it. it. <laughs> I always like, dude, like, what? Yeah. Like, I just didn't. No, I just didn't watch <laughs> it, dude, because literally I, I, I can't watch it in with layman eyes. Yeah. Right? Am I saying that? You're right? studying yeah. it. Yeah, I, I am studying it. I'm watching the tight end. I'm watching the players. And I low-key can call plays like Tony Romo, too. Yeah. Not as good. Most players can. Yeah. Like, yo, Let's talk not about a new this. thing. Yeah, he's it's adding not more new. words to it. It sounds fresh. And it's in your, and it's in your face uh, on Sunday night. But no, I could call things out, too. Like, I know what they're going to run on second down on the five-yard line. Like, gonna... newsflash, if the running back's at seven yards, it's a run play. If he's at five yards, it's a pass play. Like he needs to be that, close for the pass protection. <laughs> if the tight end's that off the block. ball, he might be going across or he might be hitting and going off. Like those things are so simple to football players, but to the general public, it's like, oh my God, Tony Romo is he's he's light years above everybody. He's the best commentator out there. Like, no, he's just a quarterback in 2019. Yep. Every quarterback can do that. At least yeah. The and good he's ones. translating it very well. <laughs> yeah, he is. He That's is his very well spoken. He's translating it. He's really he does good well. To, yes. He does well. He does he does well. I'm just, I'm just listening to you guys' job about Tony. Tony's so, doing a great job. My mom gets it. Yeah. So, Joe, real quick, since just like any top billing first team actor, you got a hard out right now, you and Rufio. So, real quick, if there's one superhero you could play that hasn't been played yet, what would it be? Ooh. Being a 6'9 guy that you are. Ooh. Oh, yeah. For the people, I'm just south of 6'9, 6'8, <laughs> 240 pounds for the single ladies. <laughs> um, I uh, probably well, you know what? I I think I embodied Shazam, but 
I take can see him. it. I yeah, right? It. Like, I'm Billy Batson right now. I big, can see that. Big, 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 <laughs> Just big, a big kid. Just a big kid. You are kind of Zachary Levi-ish. Right I can now. see that. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Cute. yeah. yeah, yeah. I get that. Uh, but uh, if, if there's not been one done yet, do I know who would it be? I mean, it had to be like a DC guy. It had to be like... Doesn't have to be. I mean, but you just fucking take Batman, man. Everyone's doing it. Well, because there's, like, there's technically <laughs> no Batman right now. It was yeah. It doesn't have I to would, be. Okay, well, yeah, because can we take, take over the mantle or something? Yeah, I would take over the Shazam, the Shazam man. If they want to reboot Shazam in five, ten years, uh, I'm in. There I it love is. it. It's well, not hey, a crazy world where they might let yeah. everyone <laughs> know. Let everyone know where they can find you at. Uh, hey people, hey party people, uninterrupted people. Uh, it's Big Joe, and guess what my Instagram name is. Big Joe, you're right. Uh, and Twitter <laughs> is at Big Joe Fourier. I don't tweet a lot, but I'll tweet for you. And uh, I have a YouTube, but pff, I haven't put any YouTube videos on it yet, <laughs> but I will soon. So check that out. And I love you. Thanks for being here, man. <laughs> oh, so are we done? I, I got, I got, was it, has it been 45 minutes yet? Well over Way over. Oh, actually, <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Rufio Ruf didn't say a word. Soft yeah, out, I told you he wasn't oh going to make a noise. God. You forgot he was here. No, we forgot. There's Guys, there's literally been a dog in this office with us the entire know, time. And is. he's been You can also amazing. follow him on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> His name is at L-I-L underscore Rufio. Has 15,000 followers. <laughs> no but, <good> idea. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Fuck. Tell, mean, tell, tell your mom. Don't follow him. <laughs> This has been another episode of Film Study Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on our socials at Pacinger with no vowels and at Dane Mork, as well as follow the Film Study Podcast at Film Study Pod. Uh, subscribe to WRTS, rate us five stars, and you know, have See a good day. Week. See you next Tune week. In.